Good morning and happy Sabbath. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to be with you here this Sabbath, to be able to worship with you, and with it being Mother's Day as well on Sunday. When I was asked to preach, I did not realize that it was going to be Mother's Day on Sunday. But God has an amazing way of changing things for us to be here together right now to take a look at this subject. Before we begin, let's begin with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father, this morning, as we stop, as we pause, before we get going into this message about the mother's hearts, we ask and we pray that if there's anything blocking us from hearing your voice, that you would clear it. Father, we're here, we're ready to listen, we're ready to learn, we're ready to be the people that you've called us to be. Guide us as we learn today. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, all of us have had that one moment that someone says something that we hear it and we go, oh, why did I get up this morning? Happened to be one evening, mother and daughter were in the kitchen fixing the evening meal for the rest of the family. And it was right then that that moment happens. They're cutting some vegetables and the daughter looks at the mother's hands and she says, Mom, your hands are ugly. Oh. Mother almost fell back into the chair. Tears started streaming down her cheeks. And she paused what she did, put the knife on the table, and she said, come here, come here. Let's go into the living room. Let's sit down. I have a story that I want to share with you. Daughter, being a teenager, went, whatever. I'm sure most of you parents understand that whatever phase. It's not that they think they know more than you. It's that they know that they know more than you do. So the daughter, whatever, mom, I'm sure I've heard this story before. They sit down and the mom looks at her from across and says, you have never heard this story. Your dad has never heard this story. Your brother has never heard this story. And she went, oh, boy. One of those stories. Tears still running down the mom's cheeks. She says, listen, there's a reason why my hands are so scarred and ugly. And it's because of you. Daughter goes, so? No. Let me tell you the story was getting towards evening time. I had put you down for a nap. Thinking that nothing would happen, I slipped out of the house and went next door to see a neighbor I hadn't had a chance to talk to for a while. Spent just a few minutes there, and all of a sudden I saw people running down the streets and started hearing fire engines going down the streets. And the neighbor said, oh, don't worry about it. Probably it's someone farther down the street. 
And the mom said, no, 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 we have to see where they're going. They step out onto her porch, and all of a sudden her face turns white when she realizes that the people and the fire engines are going directly to her house. So she jumps off the porch and she starts running. Running faster than anyone had ever seen her run before. And she got to the house and the firemen jumped on her. And the only thing that she could say is, My child, my child is still in there. i got to get her. I can't let my baby stay in there and burn. And the firemen said, No, 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 it's, it will be okay. We'll send someone in. She said, you don't understand. I have to do it myself. Firemen are holding her back. But they turn away to take care of something and immediately, right into the house she goes. They try to chase after her. One gets through the fire, finds the mom on the floor. Little girl clutched in her arm protecting her from the fire. But her hands so burns that that man knew that they would be scarred forever. Knowing that it would take years for this trauma of this accident to heal not only in her mind, but in her hands as well. And so she looks at her daughter, still tears streaming down her face, and says, it's because of you that my hands are scarred. These scars are scars of love because I came and I got you that night. Tears start streaming down the daughter's face because she knows that the acts of love left a permanent mark on her mom, but even more on her heart. You see, the daughter learned a lesson that night that the mom understood long before it. And the lesson is this. It's a mother's heart set on fire by God spurs their children to victory. You know, there's one character that in the Bible that we talk about, but we don't talk about enough. And that's Mary, the mother of Jesus. A mother that understood what this principle was. I mean, we look at all these stories from the shepherds. The shepherds saw the angels. They go... They go to Mary and Joseph. They worship Jesus. And it specifically says that Mary treasured, treasured these things in her heart, keeping that in memory for later. But then later on in the story, we see Simeon and Anna showing up at the temple. And they give an important prophecy saying, your heart will be 
pierced for a reason. But then later on, we see Mary showing up at Jesus' first miracle. Mary knowing that it was that time for Jesus to shine. For Jesus to step forward into His ministry. And she spurs Him on through others to be ready. And she tells the people, when Jesus tells her, oh, it's not my time, she turns around and she says, whatever He tells you to do, do it. Mary remembers that mother's heart, that mother's heart that continues to spur the children onto victory, to spur them on to the calling that God has put in front of them. But that actually brings us to our Scripture area that I actually want us to spend some time in really unpacking it because it shows yet again this part of a mother's heart. Not only the fact that things are treasured, not only the fact that it may be pierced, not only the fact that things are remembered, but specifically something that I am sure that each mother here and those of you that are watching us online understand a mother's heart being broken. You never think of that your heart will be broken, but Mary's heart was broken during this time. I hope you have your Bibles with you. John chapter 19. John chapter 19, and we're starting in verse 25. John chapter 19 and verse 25. You know, as, as we're looking for it, let's just paint that visual picture for us once again. Or we see that Jesus has been dra literally dragged through the mud with going through all parts of these trials before the final scene of crucifixion. We see him in the court of Pilate being downtrodden even more by the very people that he came to save. And that's where it brings us into 25, where it says, Therefore the soldiers did think these things. What things? It's talking about where they are casting lots for his clothes, where they're making fun of him, where they're trying, well, basically, they're saying all kinds of evil. One thing we need to remember right here is that what they were doing was nothing new. This was stuff that they would do to other people, but we see a difference. We see a people spurring these soldiers on to ridicule him even more. Because remember, these soldiers, they, they didn't have anything against Jesus. They just came to work, punched a time clock, put another person on a cross. But right after that, we see something very important where it says, but standing by the cross, right there, right there by the cross of Jesus were his mother, and his mother's sister. And then we're given an identity. Mary, the wife 
of Clopas. You know, it's, this is what's interesting right here. Often we don't even talk about Mary's siblings. We don't talk much about Jesus' siblings. But here's a very interesting caveat right here with this. Where it talks about Mary's sister being the wife of Clopas. What we know from other scriptures is that he was known as Zebedee. In other words, the dad of James and John. And right there, same mother that brought the two to Jesus before, saying, hey, come on, put one on your left, one on your right. What she's saying is, hey boy, we're related. Put your cousins in places of power, because I know, where, I know who you are. I know your mother. I know her hearts. This is important to us. But right there, you see how important family is and that mother's heart. Because it's not just Mary by herself there at the cross. It's her sister there with her as well. But then another important Mary in this picture. Mary Magdalene. The sister of Martha. The sister of Lazarus. An important person in Jesus' life. As it was mentioned earlier, you could, let's say it this way, an important spiritual mother in Israel at this time that was spurring other people, other people to look towards Jesus and the salvation that He brings. But then verse 26, very important, it says, When Jesus then saw His mother and the disciple whom he loved, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. So he saw the disciple whom he loved. Who was this disciple that he saw? John himself. John doesn't like to be very braggy. <laughs> Which is funny. With not bragging about himself, he's the one that brags the most about himself. He said, yes, that, that disciple, yeah, me. I was standing by the cross. But Jesus, knowing how important his mother's heart is, saying, right here, I've got another one. I've got another one that I want you to spur on into victory so that the story can continue to be told. He looks at his mom and he says, Mom, here's your son. But he goes on even farther than that. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour the disciple took her into his household. Taking care of her, no matter where he went, no matter what happened, until the day of his death. Taking care of that mother's hearts, making sure that other people continued to hear the stories that would help them be spurred to victory, just like the stories that we have here right now. But let's continue. I want us to take a look at these last 
three verses because this is so important in this story right now. Verse 28 through 30 says, after, Je after this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scriptures, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Therefore Jesus had received the sour wine, and he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirits. A couple things that I want us to note in this. Before Jesus died, he had already taken care of his mother. He knew that making sure his mother's heart was okay was important before he breathed his last. Even though he knew that his last breath would not be the last thing that he did. But here's another thing to notice. Jesus' death was on his schedule. On his time. When the right plans were finished. Because did you notice? It says that he says it is finished. And then he bows his head and he breathes his last. Often when it comes when it comes to that final breath we see it the opposite way, where we see people taking their final breath, and then that's what makes their head bow down. Jesus reversed it because he wants us to understand today that taking care of that mother's heart is important for the future, it's important for this generation. But what I want us to remember as well is this. It's not just the mother's heart. That's part of the equation. It's the dad's heart as well. The two combined. When lit on fire by the very presence of God, by the very presence of Jesus, is what pushes, is what spurs, is what drives children into victory. Having things treasured. If the heart may be pierced. Remembering those things. But knowing that a heart may be possibly broken. Is what helps a home 